This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Hello, everyone. My name is Erin Trelore, and I am the host of Raw Beauty Talks. We're taking you behind the highlight reel of the world's biggest influencers and wellness gurus to get a raw glimpse of what beauty, health, and wellness look like in today's world so that you can feel your absolute best in your body and in your life. Today's guest has been blazing the path of wellness lifestyle for over 10 years. She is the co-founder of Well and Good, leading their editorial team in applying journalistic reporting standards to the wellness lifestyle for the Webby award-winning site. Melissa is also a natural beauty expert and frequently speaks at conferences around North America. Her most recent endeavor, a cookbook featuring favorite recipes from the world's greatest wellness gurus, is being released any moment. Today, we're talking all about the wellness industry while getting the inside scoop from the woman who is writing the narrative every single day. Melise, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh, Erin, thank you. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. Can you give us a little bit of a breakdown on Well and Good for anybody who perhaps hasn't heard of it or isn't familiar with it? Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah. So we are a leading website or media company, if you're in the biz, devoted (laughs) to the wellness lifestyle. We started 10 years ago before there was really this thing called a wellness scene. At the time, my co-founder and Alexia and I had come from the magazine world where we'd covered wellness through kind of a spa lifestyle lens, which meant going around the globe and visiting amazing wellness destinations and reporting on them. But in 2008, 2009, when we got inkling for well and good, when it was a twinkle in our eye, it was because there was, you know, this recession affecting us all. And people were starting to think about wellness as something that they could have in their everyday life closer to home rather than something they would like leave to go and do in Bali or Thailand or Canyon Ranch. So it became like a sea change in wellness that led to us seeing a white space for talking about wellness in a very different way from these very verticalized ways that people thought about it. In other words, like there was like, you know, vegetarian times and cooking light. And then there was your yoga journal, but for the person and the woman who, you know, wanted it 360, there really wasn't much coverage. Um, and as journalists, we really wanted to seize on that moment and not let this be something that too much skepticism or too much snake oil was applied to. And as journalists ourselves, we were like, gosh, we should do this. You know, we're living in New York and like people are buzzing about this thing called Soul Cycle. And there were just two studios at the time. And the same thing was sort of happening with like, cool leggings and juice bars and Whole Foods was starting to sort of grow across the country. So it was just this moment when our country was having a wellness wake up call that we were like, this is what we need to do. We need to, you know, lean into this. And you really led the path. It's insane now how much we live and breathe wellness. It's, I feel like it's part of our daily culture. It's part of what we talk about. I'm sitting here, I'm drinking a kombucha. I'm sitting in athleisure wear and it's just the norm. So I want to thank you for making wellness so accessible to everyone and to kind of constantly having your finger on the pulse of what that even means and what that even looks like. Can you tell us a little bit about the wellness industry in general, like how it started out, who's 
using it. I mean, I feel like there's this huge conversation happening right now about how wellness is really for the white wealthy woman. And so while I recognize that, you know, both you and I are Caucasian, I would still love to have this conversation about how accessible wellness truly is to all groups of individuals. Yeah. Well, wellness needs to be accessible to everyone because everyone needs wellness. You know, we're here south of the border from from you, where we don't have socialized medicine, meaning you need to be an employed person, work for a company with great benefits to be considered for health insurance, or it's just a tremendous expense out of pocket. And we know that that system, even if you do have great coverage, still fails so many people from, you know, from what they need. It fails them on the prevention, you know, side of things. We've, we've heard a lot of leading physicians, you know, like Dr. Mark Hyman, who says we have, you know, a sick care system, not a healthcare system, because, you know, it's really doesn't come into play for people until they're in a crisis situation. We know our ERs are overwhelmed with people, you know, who don't have insurance, but in in need, you know, find themselves there. Same goes with mental health issues. Overwhelming number of our readers say that they, they can't sleep. They struggle with high functioning depression, anxiety. I mean, everyone needs wellness and it transcends race, class, gender, sexuality, everything. And I think as wellness ambassadors, you know, if we say we're bringing more wellness to the people that we need to walk that walk as well. So on the Well and Good Council, you know, making sure we have lots of women and people of color and like diversity in our photography and imagery and on our Well and Good panels. Nobody is on the mountaintop talking down to anyone. We are a community of wellness needing people in this country who need to kind of hold hands and do this together. I really encourage like food brands to enter the conversation more because I think you know, when I hear about access or lack of access to healthy food and in a lot of communities, I think to myself of the power of these food companies to get soda and potato chips into every gas station of every corner of the planet, but they can't get apples there. They can't get healthier food there. Like, I just kind of don't believe it for a minute. So I think there's a lot that we we need to do and, and keep reminding ourselves that this is not just about face masks. And I think we know that. And this is not just about acute fitness selfie after the gym that, you know, for me, like a lot of our readers and a lot of our future readers, this is really serious. We need this in our lives because our lives need more wellness. It's a really interesting time because self-care and self-love are both such hot topics. Everybody is talking about it. And while it is so popular, there are also a lot of critics out there who are saying that it is a narcissistic practice, that it is primarily for white privileged women, that we should be spending more of our time and resources on ensuring that everybody in North America has the basic healthcare necessities met. And I completely agree with that. I think there are some major issues in regards to healthcare in North America that we have to be addressing. But I also think that it's very hard to address them when so many people have anxiety and debilitating depression and the rates of suicide are going up. So I think it's vital that we're focused on our own self-love and on self-care without putting on our blinders and forgetting that there are still a lot of people who cannot afford those expensive massages, who cannot 
find time in their day to meditate for an hour. And so while we're looking after ourselves and creating more space for us to really give ourselves energy so we're functioning at our highest level, we have to be looking at those other things that are going to ensure that everyone has basic healthcare needs met, that they have healthy foods to eat, that they have the ability to move. And what I love about well and good is that you're really democratizing wellness by providing so many options and tools and tips that people can do from home without having to make, you know, these big purchases. And so I thank you for that because I can see that that's happening on your site and that it's not just one big sales pitch. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it's a big mission for us as we think about what kind of content to put out every day. A huge percentage, close to 90% of our content must be applicable to people wherever they are in the country and without having to buy anything, except maybe like a basic grocery thing. Like if the article is about how to use turmeric as an anti-inflammatory, you know, you'll need to get your hands on some turmeric, but you don't need to spend $200 for a fancy turmeric massage or something like that. That's not what it's about. So I was in New York last week and I did an interview with Nora Tagori. You can listen to her episode to get the behind the scenes of what happened here, but I'll just give you a little bit of insight. So I went into this interview more prepared than any other interview I had done. I did so much research. I listened to all of her podcasts. I learned all about the Muslim faith and her religion and culture. And so I went into this interview so prepared and I was reading her bio in front of her, and I made three errors. I said that she had released three podcasts. She only had done two. I said she'd walked in countless runway shows. She had walked in one, and there were a couple of other mistakes, and I was mortified because I had gotten this information online from other sources that I trusted and I had had not fact-checked with her before stating this, this information about her. And she's a journalist, so I can only imagine that she was looking at me like, who is this girl? I will only make that mistake one time, (laughs) but it really opened my eyes to the amount of misinformation that there is online. And I think with Raw, I've been so focused on the images that we're seeing and the Photoshop that's done with them. And I had kind of just blocked out this whole world of misinformation that is in the copy that we're reading every day. With health and wellness, oh, I feel like this is a whole nother ball game. There is always a new health tip coming out. Some are research-based, some are not. Some are, have been proven by scientists. Some are being touted by Eastern practices. How does Well and Good navigate this world of information? And can you speak at all to your journaling standards in regards to the information that readers are getting? Oh my goodness. Well, I know how that can be. There's all kinds of things on the internet that purport to be accurate and truthful. And like the website has a legit looking name and it's so derivative. Like it was telephone game, right? Like I heard it from this site and I read it on this site, collaged together into a mess of inaccuracy. And unfortunately, I think wellness has been a category for which it's been really acute. I think because it was deemed fluffy. I'm just going to say that word because When we started well and good, there was a lot of like silly coverage of things that healthy people did for their wellness. Like amazing national newspapers would write about like the silly things that yogis believe or do or Pilates, can it really do this? Or this ingredient, it could never work. Say scientists like, you know, hadn't been peer reviewed yet. We can say, for example, things like 
acupuncture or Reiki or practices that have historical legacies going back centuries, we can assume some of them will have peer-reviewed studies in the West and many won't, but it's also okay to interview people at the source and be like, you know, in India, this is practiced and this is how it's helped people. And so I think that's really where journalism comes in. So many of our writers and editors have master's degrees in media or journalism, and this means they go to a source and then they get another source to substantiate that source, or they get an alternative perspective. Interviewing is done firsthand in, you know, most cases. Sometimes if it's a lighter piece, it's okay to say, this was the press release and this is what it said and it opens tomorrow, like talking about a new restaurant or something. But when we're talking about like something that's truly affecting like the structure and function of someone's body or skin or health, we go deep there. And I think it's not something that a lot of people thought of at the beginning. They would send, for example, an editorial assistant to cover a wellness experience as a perk. You know, you would never even send a dining critic or a theater critic without any experience to cover a brand new restaurant or a, or a plate and, and expect there to be comparisons. So I think like as a lifestyle category, wellness is even more important than like restaurants and theater. I'm going to get hate mail from the critics out there, but because it, because it's our health, right? I mean, art is lovely and it, you know, it's a necessity, but not the same thing about like treating your insomnia or figuring out what the causes might be, how to use food to help you sleep better, how to de digital detox, like those kinds of topics really need journalists behind them. And I think that with like some style and cool factor and like edginess and, and relatability like has really helped well and good stand out just because we just did it as we wanted it. We wanted to have information we could trust as women who cared about wellness. So setting it up in that way made perfect sense. It's so, so important. And I didn't understand this was a thing. I mean, I, I'm going to sound so naive, but... I read these things and assume that they've done the research or that it's coming from a reliable source. But the mistakes that I made in introducing Nor really made me realize that that is not the case at all. So thank you for sharing sort of how well and good sifts through the information that you're getting and goes into that process. And on that note, we will be right back after a word from this episode's sponsor. Fast forward to the end of 2024. Think of your goals for a second. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should get Babbel. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that really don't help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversation, and Babbel's tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teachings so you're ready to practice what you learned in the real world. If you're heading to another country, Country anytime soon, start using Babbel a few weeks before you go to learn basics like how to order food, ask for directions, speak to merchants without having to consult language apps while you're away. So fun. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash raw beauty talks. That's spelled B A B B E L dot com slash Robbie Talks. Rules and restrictions may apply. 
This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line founded by the fabulous Jennifer Aniston. Jen got tired of the same old struggle we all face, choosing between hair products that work and ones that are actually good for us. With Lola V, that dilemma is history. We all put our hair through the ringer. That's why it's crucial to have products that not only repair the look of the damage, but also shield your locks from future harm. Enter Lola V's bestsellers, the Glossing Detangler and the Perfecting Leave-In Conditioner. They're your hair's new best friends. For a limited time, you get 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com. Just use the code RAWBEAUTYTALKS at checkout. Lolavie is all about naturally derived plant-based goodness, no silicone, sulfates, parabens, or gluten, and of course, cruelty-free and vegan. That's 15% off your order at lolavie.com with promo code RAWBEAUTYTALKS. You can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Tell them I sent you over. I started hearing about adaptogens about a year ago and was like, adapt a what? <laughs> Honestly, since then though, I have learned that adaptogens are natural substances that help our body adapt or normalize to things like stress or fatigue, which a lot of us are battling in today's world. One of my favorite ways to incorporate them into my daily routine is through Four Sigmatic's delicious organic prepackaged mushroom beverages. I love mushrooms, but these drinks don't taste at all like mushrooms. You just get the benefits. Their hot chocolate with reishi is the perfect mid-afternoon pick-me-up or before-bed treat, and it helps combat stress and increase those feelings of calm that we're all looking for. I also love their turmeric latte, which promotes healthy skin, something that, of course, I've been focused on since having two small babies. If you're looking for something creamy and delicious with a serious health kick, you're just going to have to try this stuff for yourself. Trust me, it is so, so good. Get 15% off your next order by using the discount code rawbeauty15. That's rawbeauty15 at us.4sigmatic.com. That's us.4, the number four, sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com. Let me know what you think. Now let's get back to the show. What inspired you even to start this amazing platform? Oh, okay. So in a previous life, I was a beauty director and I wrote about like a lot of spa treatments. And this was like the era of the cosmeceutical when all the dermatologists were launching their like clinically effective brands. And it was also the time that clean beauty was popping up. It was very interesting. But so anti-aging, I could not have written an article without that word in it because it signifies to people this category that I think people believe now we need a better name for of the what happens when you stop fighting acne and you start wanting to deal with other things that your skin is going through. And so anti-aging was like, I guess, like our version one of that. You know, the 2.0 words, none of them have quite stuck yet. I'm not sure if I'm the one to invent the next word. I would like to be the one, but I'm not sure that I've got it yet either. <laughs> oh, can we please get a new word in there? I, I'm over that term. It's awful. Yeah. Whether we call it pro, anti, it's happening. So like, let's have a level of reality in there, right? <laughs> totally. I mean, can't it just be about self-care and about embracing? I'm not saying that you should stop using face creams and, and never take care or look after yourself. But at the end of the day, isn't that what it's about? It's just about doing the practices and the exercises that allow you to show up in the world in a way that feels good. And if we're focused on that and your wrinkles disappear a little great, but if they're still there, then that's okay too. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I think the more real we just are with each other, 
the better off we are, whether that's in like beauty or body acceptance and what we call that and body diversity and skin diversity. I feel like that's sort of where we are, we are headed. I sometimes feel like, you know, I'm co-founder of this wellness you know, media company and people like will look at me and I, I don't know if this is me or them or culture or whatever, but I'm like, I don't look like a fitness instructor. I don't look like I get to spend six hours a day in the gym because I spend like 10 hours a day on my laptop, you know, sneaking <laughs> in my wellness like everyone else. But, you know, I sometimes think like, no, I'm just going to be real about how like it's hard for me unless I put my workouts in my calendar, you know, for me to make them or if I don't have a routine around my meditation practice, it doesn't get done. Like it's real. It's a struggle for a lot of us to fit it in. And I still am figuring it out probably along with a lot of our readers. But people in wellness, I mean, there's a big thing in, within the wellness industry of people trying to deal with their own burnout and trying to make it look effortless or just like they're not going out of their mind when in fact, like it does take a lot. It takes a lot to be an entrepreneur in any space and wellness is no different. Our lives in general can be a lot in certain moments. So thank you for sharing a little bit about your behind the scenes. I would love to know if we can get an inside scoop on any wellness trends that you're sort of seeing pop up in 20. 19. Sure, sure. Well, I think, you know, one that you've already spoken to is the fact that people are being more open about mental health. And I'm really, really excited about that, not just in the wellness industry, but overall. We've been living in this world, we called it performative wellness, where people would sort of document their wellness on Instagram and great to get the word out there of like, you know, I think like wellness, one of the reasons it took off so quickly in the past 10 years is because of social media. But on the other hand, the things that people were doing to make their lives better started stressing them out. And when that happens, things need to change. So I'm really excited that people are, you know, looking at ways to like simplify, 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 and like get the true wellness loving mojo back, we say, because that's what it's all about. And it's, oh my gosh, they become shoulds, you know, when your wellness things become shoulds, the pleasant things you do for yourself start to feel unpleasant and you know something is wrong. Oh, I love that. Performative wellness. So not letting your wellness to-do list stress you out and recognizing that that's not really the goal of all of this. So if you can't have the kombucha and make the workout and do your meditation and wake up and say affirmations in the mirror, that you're not failing and that maybe it's just time to simplify a little bit and all of this stuff should feel good. It should be energizing to you. It should be supportive. So yes. Oh, that's so important. I love that one. Yeah. yeah, I think it can create a lot of anxiety. Okay, so are there any other trends that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I think one that's really powerful and you know the editors feel really connected to is one that they called the Rihanna effect. And this is how brands are really getting finally real about sizing and shades when we're talking about, you know, like Fenty Beauty and the Fenty 40 spectrum of shades. Rihanna has really been a leader using her celebrity and her power to empower others and really change the standards of beauty and the standards of what an acceptable like color shade range for beauty brands should be. 
it's happening on the fashion side too, of course. I think like we've seen that there was a collab that, that Fenty did Savage, a lingerie line, but then there are like lots of cool companies like Universal Standard coming along and, and so many more because I think women are tired of having to feel like outsiders in their bodies and in stores not being able to find anything. Fashion has a lot of work to do to, to catch up with this. And there's so much more happening now than ever before. So we're calling that the Rihanna effect. Love it. Cauliflower is having its 2.0 moment in the food space also. It's <laughs> yes. become not just like a pizza crust, but now we have cauliflower rice and we have like cauliflower like chicken wings like buffalo cauliflower like it's just it's showing up in so many ways people are putting it in their smoothies as a protein and I think that's really fun and like as we were saying earlier a head of cauliflower for your wellness is like fun and accessible (laughs) and really good for you a nutrient dense food that's really good for you there's some really cool stuff happening around feminism too in the women's space and femme care. We declared, and I'm just going to say this on your show, that big bush energy is here. If you saw that episode of SNL with Pete Davidson, um, yes. where it kind of was spinned off from. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tell us more. What is big bush energy? <laughs> so big bush energy is like the female equivalent of BDE, which was Pete Davidson's like quiet confidence moment that he announced on the SNL news program, which was hilarious. So it comes from like a kind of internal confidence and swagger that comes from being a woman who embraces all parts of herself. So like not necessarily like needing to shave to like embrace cultural norms. There's so many like, I'm just like loving my body. I'm loving my bush. I'm going to talk about it too. That and like the whole vag care category has just become huge. Huge. Okay, so when we say big bush, we are talking about big bush. We are not bikini waxing anymore. We are just (laughs) letting it go. I think a topiary is fine. You need to trim for your bathing suit. That's that's cool. That's totally all right. But it's more of a concept of like how the whole continuum is now embraced from body hair positive versus, you know, where we were before of like no effing way got to keep all that stuff hidden or armpit hair, leg hair. Like it makes the news when famous women show their armpit hair. Soon it's probably not going to be news anymore. We're just going to be like, this is how I choose to groom people. I'm not going to like continue to feed the illusion that I have no hair here under my armpits. (laughs) Oh, this is so crazy because I'm all for owning it and stepping into your feminine power. But I'm feeling like I feel personally uncomfortable with this idea of not shaving. And that is obviously something that has been, I still remember being in grade four and going to cross country and I was running a race and somebody saw my legs and I hadn't started shaving yet. And they were like, ew, that's so gross. I can't believe you don't shave your legs. And it was so humiliating. And there's so much shame there that I feel like even now I'm carrying that. So the thought of not shaving is like, whoa, but also I'm down. Like I I feel like this is going to be kind of cool. It is the next evolution of body positivity and self-love. Yeah. I think that's what it really is. And there have been like, like Ashley Graham and like Fandy Newton on Westworld, like in her love scenes was just like, here it is, folks. You know, she didn't. Oh my. 
Oh, oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. And I'm sorry if my reaction is unexpected, but I'm just being honest. And it's not to say that if I saw that on anybody else, I would think anything of it. It's just, I guess, a norm that's so ingrained in me (laughs) that I need to be doing it. It's identifiable. I get why you're saying that. We're pointing out that these norms have been culturally created. And I think that's what the movement is about. Are you conscious of these things in your life? Are you aware that this is a choice, that it's even a choice? Yeah, no, it doesn't even feel like a choice, really. And I spend hours because I feel like my leg hair grows faster than, I don't know, if only the hair on my head grows fast as my leg hair. (laughs) Really good thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you also have a new cookbook in the works. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of creating a cookbook and what that was like? Oh my gosh, the Well and Good cookbook launches April 16th. So I don't know when this episode is airing. So it might be just before, just after people can get their hands on it. But It's recipes from health experts and like healthy public figures and like healthy chefs. So it's the 100 go-to recipes that these people, you know, make in their own homes on a crazy busy night. I am so excited. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, we needed this book for ourselves. You know, we all get in the habit of our, here are the five things I make over and over again every week. And that's great. But we like I know so many women who like want to swap those ideas with each other or ask me what mine are and like so now we have like these healthy hacks from wellness experts a lot of whom are on the well and good council meaning they're like our advisory board and a lot of people who are public figures like we have Venus Williams's recipe and Leah Michelle's and Padma Lakshmi and and Mark Hyman beautiful so many people and they're great go-to recipes that are like short ingredient lists no crazy wild ingredients that you have to like be hunting down. (laughs) Everything tastes delicious. Like nothing tastes like the forest floor. This is not that kind of healthy food. We are really into like (laughs) showing people how continually awesome healthy food is and how delicious and vibrant it is. I can't wait to get my hands on this cookbook. I cannot wait. And we will make sure that we include a link for anybody else who wants to check it out or purchase it in our show notes. Amazing. Okay. Where can people go if they want to find out more information about you or to follow along with all of the amazing information on Well and Good? Oh my gosh. Well, you can find us at wellandgood.com. On social, our handles are I am well and good. So that's where we are on Instagram. Also have well and good eats. So if you're like picking up a copy of the cookbook and you want to know more about what kind of food content and coverage and giveaways and things we're doing around food in the cookbook, follow us on well and good eats as well. And then like if you're here in New York, we have some amazing series going on that are IRL. We would love to see you. We have Well and Good Talks, which are monthly panels on a wellness trend that we go deep on. And then we have a series with Athleta that's a wellness under one roof concept. And that means that we bring four different experts in four different areas of empowerment, like career and finance and self-care into an Athleta store. And it's kind of like a learning environment and you get some leggings with your ticket price too. Oh, amazing. 
All right. Well, that is it for this episode, but be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss a single show. If you like this episode, please take a moment to leave a review, take a screenshot and share it on social taking at Raw Beauty Talks. We'll be regramming your posts every week. As we wrap things up, remember your body is different than any other body out there. So as you listen to these episodes, keep tuning back into yourself to see what resonates. Melise, thank you so much for being here today. Oh my gosh. I, it's been such a joy to chat with you, Erin. Thank you. Do you ever feel like you're struggling through motherhood? You're not alone. I'm Erica Jossa, host of the MomWell podcast, therapist and mom of three. Join me each Wednesday as I sit down with guests, including psychologists, pediatricians, psychiatrists, fertility specialists, lactation consultants, and more to unravel the myths of motherhood. With expert advice, practical tips, self-love, and some coping skills to help you along the way, you can become the mother you want to be. Listen to the MomWell podcast at momwell.com slash listen or on your favorite podcast platform.